0: I invite you to stand with us as we lift our voices this morning. This is the day you have made, so I'll rejoice and be glad, and be glad in it,
1: and this is where I be. to your promise you are strong when i am weak when i'm standing in your presence i have everything i need come on now the joy of the lord the joy of the lord is my strength we sing it out the joy of the lord the joy of the lord is my strength Oh my soul, bless his name, all that is within me say The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my shame.
2: Good morning. Welcome to church. We are so glad that you're here this morning. For some of you, it's your first time. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. Uh, We do have some things that we'd like for you to help us with. First, we would love to know that you're here this morning. You can do that by checking in. The instructions are behind me, and you can do that if you're in the room or if you're watching online. Either way, we'd love to know that you're here this morning. So for many of you be coming for a while and you're trying to figure out your next step, how do I get plugged into the ministry of the church? Well, we have a couple things that we want to um, suggest to you and, and kind of encourage you first. We have what's called Pizza with the Pastors. This is coming up on November 12th. And this is a class, an opportunity to kind of learn more about the church, understand why we exist. It includes pizza, which makes everything better. And so it's got childcare. And if you haven't done this yet, Go ahead and sign up, be a part of us, and join us on November 12th. We'd love to have you then. Now, there, we also have a bunch of small group environments. And if you haven't figured out your, your, a place for you to connect, we have a class called Stetson Connections. It meets on Wednesday night in the library, and you can come at 6 o'clock. Come and join this group. It's designed for people to come and figure out their next step. So join us on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock That's led by Pastor Dan and Nikki And Nikki does most of the talking anyway So it's, it's good And so you can come be a part of that On Wednesday night You don't appear to hear Dan anymore But uh, come be a part of Stetson Connection Wednesday at 6 o'clock for some of you, you've gotten plugged into a group or you're looking for a chance to serve, we have a survey that you can fill out. If you text the keyword VOL, V-O-L, this is not for Tennessee, uh, but you can sign up to join, uh, find out a place to serve within the church. There's lots of opportunities. Here's the deal. You can come every morning, which is great, every Sunday. But that's not church. This is, this is a great opportunity to worship, but we want you to plug into the life and the community of the church. And you do that by taking your next step from this room into another place. So let me encourage you to do that. Take those next steps and whatever's right for you, I hope that you'll do that. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray for us and ask God to bless this time. If you will, bow your heads and let's pray that God's God to worship or to bless our worship this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. God, I pray for each person in this room. No matter what struggles what difficulties whatever this whatever this week is bringing in they're bringing into this room from this week I pray that you would allow them to remove that so they can fully worship you this morning. God we thank you for uh, this church and churches all over the world that are doing this this morning and God whether they're worshiping here in the room or they're worshiping online God I pray that you would get the glory from it Father God we thank you so much for who you are and the fact that we can worship you and it's your name we pray.
0: Amen, amen. We're going to sing a new song today. It's called Holy Forever. And as I was uh, reading through the lyrics of this new song, this worship song, it just focuses on God and the people around the throne singing, Holy is the Lord. And I was drawn to Revelation uh, 5, chapter 11, that says, uh, it says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. We look forward to that day, church, when we will gather around the throne and all, as as Pastor Brad just prayed, all of our distractions will be gone. All of our sorrows will be gone. Every tear will be wiped from our eye, and all that we'll be focused on is the Lord Jesus around his throne. And my prayer for us this morning as we worship together and as we sing this song. Um, it, it's interesting that Pastor Brad just prayed that because that's what I was going to share with us this morning. That as we continue worship, that we would just set aside the distractions and just say, Lord Jesus, put aside put aside my priorities, Lord, put aside those distractions and those things that, that we go through in life for these next few moments just to focus on you. So let me ask you, church, just to do that this morning. Before we sing and before we worship with this song, let me ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes. And for just a moment, just focus on God and God alone and ask God to put aside all the things that we go through in life and all the stuff that we do as we have struggles and as we have trials. But just for the next few moments, let's just focus on God and God alone and just worship Jesus for who he is and put aside our priorities and put aside our desires and say, God, I come to you and you alone this morning and my focus is solely on you. Just in the quietness of your heart as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Let's just focus on God and just to talk to him for a moment. Church, let's stand together now as we lift our voices in worship.
1: Sing. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You have taught. time that you are with me. The five by nine is the guiding light to my feet. You found me. You freed me. Held back the waters for my release. Oh, yeah.
0: God, we praise your name and we lift up the mighty name of Jesus today. And as the revelation says, Lord, to you be all honor, all glory, all wisdom, and all might, for you alone are worthy. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please be seated?
3: to see you this morning. So grateful that we have the privilege of uh, being together. Y'all, this has been a good week. It has been a good week. So many of you have engaged in the Word of God with us this week and uh, read the Bible each day. I hope that that has been an encouragement to you. By the way, if you are here and you have no idea what I'm talking about, last week we were talking about the power of routine, and we were talking specifically about the routine of reading your Bible on a daily basis, and just how powerful that is. And we offered to people if you would like to read the Bible together, there's a way that you can do that, and you could still sign up for that today. You text the word Bible to 386 734 That's kind of a number that's famous around here. Uh, it's our church phone number. And if you were to text that, then you would be signed up for a Bible reading plan that will just kind of carry you throughout the next week. We're going to give you something else to do today, though. So, uh, so trust me, you're going to have homework. You're welcome. Um, We have been, uh, we we started this series called The Power of Routine uh, a few weeks ago, and we have been talking about the fact that we all have routines in our life. It's just a part of life. It's how you get dressed. It's how you feed yourself. It's how you drive. It's how you get up in the morning. It's how you go through your daily uh, activities. It's how you cook. It's how you clean. It's how you go to work. It's how everything we do, it all has something to do with a level of routine. And we've been talking about some spiritual routines that we can put into our life that will help us to grow in our faith, so I just want to show you kind of the whole series. So we're talking about attending church, uh, about attending worship, about reading your Bible. We talked about that last week. About prayer, about fasting, giving generously, being uh, being generous with our with our finances, and with our belongings, sharing our faith, and practicing community. So we've talked about attending worship. We challenged you to be a part of that, and to and to encourage others to be a part of attending worship, inviting someone else to come with you. We talked about reading your Bible. We shared about that last week. And today we're going to talk about prayer. Next week we're going to talk about fasting, so be sure to eat breakfast before you come. There you go. A little preacher joke. Uh, So uh, we're going to talk today about prayer. Now I I will say, when I think about prayer, this is a challenging topic for me personally. Prayer is um, an area that I have just experienced in my ministry, there, I don't know that I've ever met a person, and maybe I will today, but I don't know that I've ever met a person that could say, you know what I'm really proud of in my spiritual life? My prayer life is top notch. I, I think the reason for that is the more we pray, the more we realize the more we should pray. The closer we get to God, the more we realize we need to pray more so that we can get closer to God. And so it's kind of this always ever moving target that we are shooting for. The other thing about prayer is, and can we just be real human for a moment? Prayer is weird. I mean, it really is. We are talking to a God that we cannot see, feel, touch, and yet... We believe that he hears us. Many times, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but many times we might pray and feel like we are just talking into an empty room. You don't have to raise your hand. But I bet others in the room have had that experience. I'm saying words, but I don't know if they're being heard by anybody. I know that there's a faith in prayer. I have a trust and a belief, but this is hard. And, and it's easier to talk to a friend because we get like immediate feedback. But when we pray and we make requests to God, we believe that He hears us, and then we just wait for an answer. And it's like, you're not saying anything back. And that's a challenge. I will tell you just personally speaking, when I look at that list of things, prayer is the one that I personally struggle with the most. Now you can fire me as your pastor after I say that if you want, but i 'm just being as honest as I can be with you. This is an area where I need to need to be challenged and need to step up in my own personal discipline. Uh, there's a lot of those. I mean, I, I, I know it might surprise you, but attending worship, I am good on. Like, I have got that whipped, right? Reading my Bible, I feel very solid on. Hey, even the rest of them, I, I feel very comfortable in, in my area of participation. But when somebody, t- when somebody preaches on prayer, I kind of squirm in my seat a little bit, so I say that to you to say, if, if you're a little uncomfortable or a little bit, maybe if prayer is a struggle for you, join the crowd and maybe we can grow together, right? So again, you can fire me as your pastor if that's too human, but it's just real. And so I just need you to understand that. And I also want you to know that everything that I'm going to say today is one of those U-turn sermons where it comes out of my mouth, gets about eight inches away, turns around and slaps me right between the eyes. Okay, so this is one of those days that really um, speaks to me. If you thought about your prayer life and you graded it on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you grade your prayer life? It's a good question. We're going to look at the scripture today in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. If you don't have a Bible, there's one right there in front of you, and you can take that home as our gift to you if you would like. It's on page 811 of the Bible that's in the rack in front of you. This morning, I want to draw your attention to a particular section of Scripture. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are well known as the Sermon on the Mount. In the middle of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have chapter 6, which is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And in the middle of chapter 6, guess what we have? prayer we have Jesus teaching on prayer it's like in his massive sermon to teach the people what he was and how he was and who he was right in the middle of that at the climactic moment guess what he was preaching on prayer why because it really is powerful when we consider how we should pray let's look at what he says will reward you Jesus starts his teaching on prayer by saying that prayer is really something that should be between you and God that it isn't for presentation it is for a personal conversation with God so therefore Brad and Rick who have led us in worship and led in prayer they are a bunch of sinners aren't they Terrible people that would pray in public like that. I don't necessarily think that this instruction is telling us that we should never pray in public. I think what it's teaching us is that our, our purpose of prayer should not be to be seen. Our purpose of prayer should not be to, to present something that is not happening in our lives privately. That we should be intentional about praying more in our personal life than we do in our public life. You might notice many times when we pray publicly, we pray prayers of cooperation. We pray corporate prayers. God, we come before you. And really what that is in those public moments is we are praying, we are voicing a prayer on behalf of our congregation, of everybody that is gathered here. And so I I hope that you listen to that in that way and you engage with that in that way. And when you say amen at the end of a prayer, that means I agree, yes, Lord, let it be. Amen. I agree. So we're kind of of aligning ourselves with that prayer that might have been prayed publicly. He goes on to say, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Don't Don't just use phrases that are empty. And and don't try to create yourself into being something that you're not. Prayer should be simple. Prayer should be intentional. I, I, I grew up in, most of you know this, I grew up in Mississippi. Now, most people from Mississippi don't say Mississippi. They say Mississippi. I grew up in Mississippi. And when I was growing up in Mississippi... I had people that I would meet and there were people that were at church and I would sometimes stand outside the church and, and they would talk about their garden. And they would talk about the weather. And they would have conversations about the football game. And they would, they would say, well, who's, uh, how, how's your garden growing? And they would talk about the, the rain that was falling. And how much, how many inches of rain did you have in your rain gauges last week? You know, I had about this many inches and boy, it's been real hot lately, hadn't it? I don't know if y'all noticed, but there's something changing here. I can slip back into Mississippi at a moment's notice. You just there's, there's something about being in that area that your words just kind of get drawn out and you just kind of talk a little slower and it, everything gets a little lazier. You just kinda, it's, like, it's like your tongue and your mouth don't work all the way. You just kind of let the words fall out of your mouth. And then one of those people would be called on to pray in church. And they would get a microphone and I would hear this, Our Father in heaven, we beseech you therefore to honor us with your presence in this holy place. I was like, what just happened? Who are you? Were you the same guy talking about the inches of rain in the rain gauge earlier? Because you don't talk like that. But we have this thing that happens sometimes. We feel like when we address God, we've got to all of a sudden become English. And speak properly. Because God needs to hear us speak properly. And God is saying, hey, I know you and I heard you talking about your garden. I heard you talking about the football game. I know how you talk and it's not that. We can be so quick to feel like we need to do something different in our prayers because God is listening to us then. Friends, God was listening to us before and he'll be listening to us after. He knows everything about us. He knows everything in our heart. So we have an opportunity to come before him and to just offer ourselves. It also talks about not uh, uh, heaping up empty phrases, How many of us have those empty phrases that we say in our prayers and we just never even think about what they mean? If somebody, in a little while, you're gonna go to lunch and possibly if you go out to eat or maybe if you gather around a table, somebody is going to say the blessing. And you're gonna say something like this. Dear God, thank you for this food. Thank you for the hands that have prepared it. Nourish it to our bodies. And nourish our bodies to your service. Or something along those lines. And sometimes we would do well to just stop. And to think about the words that we're saying. We do it every night. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the things you've given to us today. Thank you for our family. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for our home. Thank you. And we just kind of go through this list of things. And if you stopped, it was, it's almost like you, hit the, you know, hit the record player and it just plays. And you could almost, you know it. Some of you pray with your family and you know so well what your family members are going to pray, you could pray it for them. Right? That doesn't mean that we shouldn't have phrases that we speak. It doesn't mean that we're trying to make it different every time because there's a whole other problem there. Then we're not being honest. Then we're not being truthful. We're kind of creating this persona. But shouldn't we think about the things that we say to God? Shouldn't we consider the things we say? Shouldn't we really think about what do we mean by that? I'm going to mess up your prayers this morning. My goodness. My goodness. Jesus then goes into what has been typically known as the Lord's Prayer. I actually like the title the Model Prayer better than I like the title the Lord's Prayer because he says, Pray then like this. I'm about to give you a model. Pray then like this. And he says these words Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The scripture ends there, but there has been a doxology that has been placed on the end of that for many, many years, and I'll talk about it. It's a traditional doxology. I'll share with you why it doesn't show up in some of your Bibles. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to just walk through that prayer for just a few moments. Let's take just a few moments, because I'll go ahead and tell you, your homework this (laughs) week— should you choose to accept it. Your homework this week is that we're going to challenge you to daily pray through the Lord's Prayer. To just take some elements and to just spend some time over the course of this week praying through the model prayer. What does this teach us? Well, let's just jump right in. It starts off with our Father in heaven. The first thing that we do when we pray is we call on God. We call on him. Y'all, how amazing is the statement, our father in heaven? That we can call him our father. Wow. That he listens to us and he cares for us in that daddy kind of way. In that familial kind of way. Our father. What a powerful statement. Our father, not on earth, our father in heaven. To experience his presence, his heavenly presence, we call on God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to be greatly revered and honored. So, what do we do in our prayers? We worship. We give God praise for who He is and what He's done. We, we honor Him. We, we lift His name. We experience His, His, His presence by giving Him worship and recognizing who He is and what He has done. I'm going to catch you off guard a little bit here, but I just want you to, I want you to help me out here. If you were to take Uh, The the worship of God and, and to honor him and to remember and to express your praise to him for who he is and what he has done. If you were to take that and bring it down to a word, what are some words that you would use? This is your time to speak back. What are some words that you would use today to give God worship? This is your turn. Holy, righteous, awesome, pure, perfect, sovereign, loving, kind, wise. I, th- I thought it said why. I was like, oh, okay, is a question, but wise. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Somebody else. Good, gracious, merciful, powerful, just, faithful. When we give God praise, it draws our heart closer to Him. And it allows us to understand who he is and what he has done. When you pray, take some moments and give him worship. The next phrase is, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In our prayers, we should declare our intent declare our intent. What do we want to happen? How do we want things to go? What are the things that we need? I love this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know how we typically pray? My kingdom come, my will be done in heaven like it's done on earth. We have an attitude of, I want God to do my bidding rather than in our prayers, we are to be drawn closer to his presence. I've used this illustration before. It's not original with me, but I just think it's great. If you're in a boat and attached to that boat is a rope and the other end of that rope is attached to a pier and you're in the boat and you pull on the rope, what's going to happen your boat is going to get closer to the pier. If you pull on that rope and the pier comes closer to your boat, what do you have? A problem. You're going to be floating for a while. In our lives, we exist in the boat. Prayer is that rope. And God is that pier. And when we pull on the rope of prayer, it should move us closer to God, not God closer to us. If you're pulling on the pier and the pier is moving closer to you, you have attached yourself to the wrong pylon. That is a wrong place to be. You need yourself to always be moving closer to to God and here's the great thing the closer we get to God the more we realize how much closer we need to be to him that's where safety is that's where anchors are that's what we need declare your intent your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven God I want you to do the work. I've got to move on and move quickly. Give us this day our daily bread. That is a declaration of our dependence. We declare our dependence, Lord, I don't have anything if it's not from you. Everything that I have comes from you. Just give me my daily bread. Give me what I need. I will walk according to what I need. I know that you can give it to me. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I love this. Declare our inability. Declare that we can't live up to his standard. Forgive me of my debts. I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength or the power. De- forgive me. I am, in, I am incapable. And yet, you are a forgiving and merciful God. Declare your inability. It then goes on to say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In your prayers, declare your direction. God, I want to be pointed in the way that you want me to be pointed. I want to be aligned with your will. Lord, I, want, I don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me. I want to live my life in a way that is pure before you, that is holy before you. My direction is toward you. And then that doxology, that ending, that benediction that was added in the church for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The reason the church added that, it is, it is well documented and well believed that when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, it probably did not have that phrase in it. Which is why your Bible probably has it in a footnote. Because those earlier manuscripts that t- talk about the teaching of Jesus, it just wasn't there. Uh, over time though, the church... And the practice of the church began to add that as they talked about the the uh the the, the, the prayer and summarized the prayer, they said, It is the fact that his is the kingdom. And His is the power. And His is the glory. So we want to honor Him. And yet by prayer, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. By prayer we get a chance to claim that because it is His kingdom and His power and His glory, when we insert Him into our lives, guess what? We accept His kingdom. We accept His power. We receive His glory. We get a chance to be the people that He has called us to be. And so when we say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory what we are saying is we are declaring victory in our lives knowing that because of our relationship with God because of our walk with God because of his purpose in our life we declare victory we get a chance to live our lives in connection with him every single day let me go through them call on God our father in heaven Worship, hallowed be your name. Declare your intent, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Declare your dependence, give us this day just our daily bread. Declare your inability and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Declare your direction, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Declare victory for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This scripture has probably been quoted from memory in the world maybe more than any other scripture. It probably rivals John 3.16. If you don't believe it, Go to any football locker room right before the game. And most, many, many teams will gather around and they will put their arms on each other's shoulder. And they will say, our Father. And they, they, they go full King James. Our Father, which art in heaven. Right? And they quote this prayer. And you can just feel the energy for yours. is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And the coach says, and go get them. And he might add a few more words that we won't say here. That's always interesting to me. Our Father in heaven. Whew, that's an interesting mix. Um, but whatever. This moment, though, Friends. That prayer, there is power in that. I, I, I don't know, I don't always know what the, the individual that might be praying that, that might be quoting it. I don't, I don't know what they're believing. I, I just don't. I, don't. I don't know what's in their head. I don't know what's in their heart. But I do know what's in that prayer. I do know that Jesus said, and when you pray, pray like this. And I just have to believe that somewhere deep in the heart of that athlete or somewhere deep in the heart of that person in a, in a hospital waiting room or somewhere in the, in the heart of that police officer or somewhere in the heart of that, uh, of that fireman or somewhere in the heart of that government official or whoever it is that is quoting that, whether they believe truly in the God that they are praying to or not, there is something powerful about saying, our Father in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us of our debts. Lead us not into temptation. There's something amazing when we pray that prayer. So our challenge this week is we're intentionally giving you some touch points of how we can apply some routine to our lives. Our challenge this week is that over the course of these next seven days, we want to challenge you to pray through this prayer. And the way we're going to do that is we'll send you, we'll text you, a prayer, a daily prayer reminder. A daily prayer prompt, if you will. And so what I want to challenge you to do is I want you to, I want you to um, text the word pray. Pray to 386-734-1991. It'll just sign you up for a group and then you're going Now listen. We had almost 300 people sign up last week to read the Bible. I'm a little fearful that we're going to have like 30 of you say, "Oh, prayer, I don't know if I want to do that." Can I challenge you? Would you be willing to take five to ten minutes of your day and just pray. I'm going to tell you, we're going to start with our Father in heaven. What does that mean to you? How does that affect your life? What is, how, how, is, the, how is the Lord using that in, in, your, in your life? Our Father in heaven. And then we'll move on just steadily through that prayer. So this week, you can just simply text the word pray, and we'll send you a daily reminder. And then the final point of application, we talk, we've talked about this before, but at the back of the room on tables, we have this little prayer guide. And it's a, it's a, simple, it's a, it's a simple way, but it's a little lengthier. This is a 30-day prayer guide. And what this is, is it is a specific prayer guide geared towards somebody in your life that doesn't know Jesus. Somebody in your life that doesn't have a relationship with God. We say around here that's your that's your one. That's your one person. One person that you're praying for, one person that you're encouraging. It might be a friend or a family member, it might be a coworker, it might be a fellow student. It might be a a neighbor, but is there somebody in your life that you were specifically praying for? Over the next 30 days, I would love for you to just simply take this prayer guide. You can take one home, and for you to, every time there's a blank, you just write that person's name in. And then you just read that prayer. For some of you, you're like, I don't know how to pray. This is a great way to start because the prayers are written out for you. And this will teach you and help you to know, like, what words do you use as you pray? There's some, oh, by the way, there's also some scripture every day so you can continue to read your Bible every day. And then here's the cool thing. You're going to grab this and you're going to write that person's name down. And over the next 30 days, you're going to pray for them. And about 30 days from now, do you know what our sermon is going to be on? It's going to be on sharing your faith and telling somebody about Jesus. And so you're gonna kind of fall at about day 30, day 29, 30, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna say, now you've been praying for that person. Let me share with you how you can go tell them what it means to believe in Jesus. What an awesome opportunity. So I want you to grab one of these little books on your way out and just use it as a guide for you to pray for that one person. Text the word pray. To 386-734-1991 and then let's pray and let's pray for our one now let's pray father thank you thank you for hearing us thank you god for showing us your grace and your mercy thank you for being a faithful god God, I pray that you would work in our lives. That you would change our hearts to align with yours. And God, I pray that you will show us how you are providing every day opportunities for us to serve you. And God, I pray that we would take those opportunities. We would realize that we can't do it on our own, but you can. And we would trust that you're going to provide everything we need in the moment that we need it. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for showing us your way. Help us to walk in your path. Help us to see your hand at work. Because God, we know that there is nothing that we can do without you. But God, with you, there is nothing that can stand in our way. So we pray that you will speak and that we will be gracious. We will hear you. We will hear your voice and we will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close today, we're going to sing a song that just simply talks about the fact that we need the Lord in our lives. We need his presence. And we need to to spend time with him as we come before him and he speaks into our lives. So let's stand together as we worship and let's sing this final song.
1: temptation comes my
0: way when I cannot stand i fall on you
2: Jesus
0: you're
1: my